And welcome to the very first episode of Hole in That HQ. Yes. yes. Wow, you know, I've just updated GarageBand, and I've never seen the waveform spike as high as it has right now, (laughs) so the force is with GarageBand right now. My name is Jim, and I'm here alongside... Jonathan Wright. Rachel Cathcart. Christopher Bird. So, as always, people like to use their last names, so my last name is Mason, just so nobody gets the feeling like I'm in the Witness Protection Program. My name is Jim Mason. So, what the hell are we doing here at Holonet HQ? What's the purpose of this? Well, it's all things Star Wars. It is all things Star Wars. We're here not to serve as subject matter experts on the on the world of Star Wars, although I think the assembled people here at the table all know enough to write a book, <laughs> a nonfiction book, if Star Wars was nonfictional. Uh, but, you don't know. Hey, it could it's happen. A galaxy far, far away yeah, a I, long time ago. I mean, we could call I this... I actually on the third draft of a book. <laughs> <laughs> Just the third? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're all fans. And, and the whole idea of Holonet HQ, Holonet Headquarters, is a place for the fans to gather online or in person to talk Star Wars for an hour or so. Have a good time. Just nerd the F out. (laughs) Rachel thought I was going to use a different word there. We're going to do our best to keep it PG-13, but just know there will not be any warning before an F-bomb gets dropped. So... I say that primarily because Rachel's on this podcast. Yeah. There, there may be no underwear in space, but there is profanity. There yes. is profanity. <laughs> I mean, Carrie Fisher, the late great, mother of the resistance, I should say. Oh, that's a Very beautiful much. title. I like that. Mother of the resistance. She was definitely forthcoming when she said there was no undies in space. Yep. How's that for feminism? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, yeah. George Lucas, colon, feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. God, you son of a bitch, George. I just don't think it's great for people to wear underwear in space. They they they're all about freedom. I could make an argument that you faster and more intense because there's no gravity in there, space. Well, there's so nothing be, to weigh you down. Right. So it'd be hold, holding everything up. <laughs> it would be. Well, there you go. Rachel's now explained space feminism. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh god, I failed totally. <laughs> and your child is just in the other room, woman. <laughs> Don't listen to me, Anna. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's the the slave Leia quote that I love from Carrie was when she said, laying there, it was metal, so it didn't give. It would just stay in place. Right. So she said, you know, if you move the wrong way, you could see all the way to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) God bless her. Oh, my God. Carrie, we miss you so much. But, you know, I want to go back a little bit deeper, and I I just want to start with a really simple question. Uh, for my friends uh, here at the table as well as myself, and that is, describe your first Star Wars experience. What got you into the franchise? Who wants to take first stab at that question? I'll I'll take a stab at it. Go I'll for it, John. Yeah. Look at John. So pretend I'm the Sabic dealer. I'm dealing to my left. John Wright is going to go first. All right. So uh, so um, the, the my first experience with Star Wars was from my brother. 
And um, as everybody that knows uh, my brother Randy, he was my nerd pusher. Uh, I was watching. <laughs> got him right. Water got him right where he's drinking. Right I know timing. Um, so yeah, it's like it's like I I grew up watching Star Trek. I watched Voyage from the Bottom of the Sea, oh, Lost yeah. in Space, Man from Uncle. All those shows on syndicated TV, my brother would turn them on and I would watch them. And then I started turning them on and right. watching them myself. So that's going to be my nerd pusher. He got me into all this stuff. He was also a big comic fan. So um, my first experience with Star Wars was in the theater being taken by my brother and watching that big, you know, over the, it's like, I, I think he might've actually read the, uh, the crawl to me. Uh, oh, you know, wow. Cause I was, um, you know, uh, well, I was eight years old, so I was probably old enough. I was certainly old enough to read it, but maybe it was not t- to fully comprehend and download. Yeah, it, I mean, you know? it's like it, I might, I probably didn't understand the nuance, and certainly had no idea what to expect. And then, like you know, those ships flew over the the, the top of me, and that was it. I was I was in. Tunnel I was all in at that, at that point. point. Um, and uh, what one other thing, um, and I, I, I told Jim before the show started, I had a, a prop, and I'm going to grab it. Oh, wait a minute. Right here. Oh, my God. Because my brother, as I said, was a, also a comic fan. So the first, my first comic book that I ever actually owned was bought for me was... Holy shit. Treasury Edition Star Wars issue one was the first three issues of the Marvel Comics Star Wars series. Oh, so dope. And for those of you who were too young to remember these, Treasury Editions were giant size um, magazine size comics. Yes. They were on they were still on like really rough newsprint. Right. Um, so it but they they kind of presaged the um, uh, the what do you call it graphic novels um, but it was uh, it was Can like a I large format it? so you got absolutely you can look through it because now John correct me if I'm wrong that was Howard Chaikin doing the art on How, that a one very young Howard Chaykin. very young this he, was before his house style yes is deeply ashamed of the work that he did in this comic and freely well, admits probably that he didn't be, know what the hell he was doing probably because he didn't draw himself as Han Solo that's probably uh, I, I, yeah, if really he, if, he had, if he had really been true to his later style he definitely would have uh it would have been very interesting and if we're to believe the cover of this issue Mm -hmm. that luke skywalker did not get anakin skywalker's lightsaber he got the one that said bad mother effer on it that's right he he has a purple lightsaber he has a purple lightsaber yeah i did um yeah but but i i read the hell out of this oh my god and then uh proceeded to get the entire entire marvel comics series from issue one to I think 106 was yeah. the last issue that it they, went on for years. Yeah. Um, so and, and a lot I, of great art by Carmine Infantino I will, in that I, one. I will I you you can't you can't get me started on the comic series because we should have an, a separate episode for that because I agree. It is amazing. And I And I, I might know a guy who has your equal level of affection for the Marvel comics. I, I would love seventies and eighties run. That would be awesome because I could I will I will go on for that. But I mean you look at the you look at this this artwork and it still holds up. I mean there there are scenes um, you know, I mean, just like like this little uh, aside that I'm looking at right now with Han Solo throwing the coin to the uh, guy in the uh, uh, in the canteen. He has a name, and I can't forget his. I, I forget Ruger. his. 
Blew her? Woo her. Woo. You're right. Okay. Woo her. Yep, you're right, Chris. Um, Chris, so have you seen the yard? Have you, you've seen the yard on this before. I've ha- I had that exact same comic okay. as a kid. <laughs> the Treasury Edition. The Treasury oh, Edition. awesome. Wow. You know, it's, it's long lost. Sure. You know, but now, it was I, well read. Now, I miss the Treasury Editions like this, but I can say that there was an... I, I like to call this the ill-fated Winnebago trip of my childhood. Uh-oh. So my dad rented a Winnebago in 1978, thinking it'd be a great thing for the whole family and my newly born sister and my brother and myself and him. And if you knew my dad, holy shit, put him in a small space with screaming children. <laughs> um, God rest his soul. Anyway, <laughs> um, we went... First, he thought he could park a Winnebago in downtown Washington, (laughs) D.C. So what does he do? Uh, He decides to, okay, so in the middle of the Winnebago is the crib that or the the playpen that my sister, baby sister, was in at the time. So he drops my mom, my brother Steve, and myself off at the front steps of the National and Aeronautics uh, or uh, the Smithsonian. National Air and Space Museum. National Air and Space Museum. Thank you. And he said, okay, you got about 20 minutes. And he kept trying oh to use, God. he kept trying to park the bus, park it in bus parking. And motorcycle cops would say, hey, you got to move that thing, pal. So he had to constantly circle the museum. Now, mind you, I didn't know that I was going to grow into a six foot seven inch monstrosity at this point. I still thought I could be an astronaut. And I had no time I could sit there and stare in wonder at the Apollo 11 capsule. Right. Uh. But I still did. I mean, it's still freeze frame. But but the reason why I bring this up is is that they then released a Treasury edition of these first two Treasury editions under a single cover. Ah, and that's where I got my Treasury Aha. edition. So ah. it, was a, it was a combined version. Very nice. Um, Rachel, how did you get exposed to the Star Wars? So as George originally called it, it was it the was Star, Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like John, I had a nerd pusher. Um, mine was my mother. <laughs> oh, so, we watched Star Trek. We watched Lost in Space. We watched Man from U.N.C.L.E. And I can remember, I tell people all the time, I was, I think I was six, because it was 77, so it was yeah. six. And I tell, I've said more than once, there was life before Star Wars, and then there was life after Star Wars. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> because it, it really had this humongous impact. And my mom and I, that was also back when movies were in theaters for months. Mm-hmm. So we Star went, Wars was in theaters for years. Yeah. yeah. My mom Honestly, and I went yeah. every weekend. I was six wow. or seven years old. I saw that movie 15 times. Holy As God. a child. We just went... Every weekend. So when I first met you in, what was it, 1990 or 91? 90, I think. Yeah, 1990. I think it was at John's birthday party. You were, you were like completely irradiated with nerd years before I ever met you. Oh, God, yeah. I My just mom, had no idea. Yes, yeah. I mean, we went to Star Trek conventions and... Wow. Yeah, so, but yeah, my mom was that person and... We went every weekend, and if there was a weekend where mom's like, I don't want to go, I get <laughs> my grandparents had to go see it, my aunt had to go see it. <laughs> we actually went down to San Diego to visit my aunt. She was in a play, and we found out that Star Wars was playing on this, you know, like I don't remember. Was it the Dome? Cinerama theater? Yeah, some big oh, humongous I do- I saw you know, Dune theater. on the, do- on the oh, Dome wow. theater. Yeah, just huge. So we went, we're all excited, we're like, woohoo, we sit down. The sound cut out no. right before the ships fly over. 
And we're like, no. And literally, like, half the audience stands up and turns and looks at the, you know, (laughs) the projection room and is like, what's going on? What the? (laughs) (laughs) I managed not to use it. (laughs) That's fantastic. But yeah, so, yeah, it was my mom. Just, okay. (laughs) Love your mom. Chris, your turn. So it's 1977. 1977. Setting the stage. I'm five years old. Jimmy Carter is president. So we have eight. <laughs> you were eight. I was mm-hmm. six. He was five. I was, I was five. eight. I was you eight. Were eight too. Yep. Okay. You know, and my dad was really excited about this movie. Technically, no. I'm sorry. I, I was seven. I was a month before my eighth birthday. <laughs> anyway, so like my dad got the novelization, which came out in 1976. Oh, written by Alan Dean Foster. Right. Yeah. Nice. And so he was he was hyped for Star Wars. So was your dad one with the nerd as well? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, it's okay. He he had to take a sec to think about, it, but yeah. Okay. I mean, especially especially mostly Star Wars, Godzilla movies. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. You know, it's like really steeped in like 1970s era nerd mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know. Awesome. But um, he got me this T-shirt with a heat transfer iron on <laughs> with the, with the two droids. Oh in, wow. in the hallway, you know that <laughs> yeah. was before the movie. Before the movie came to Stockton, right, right. And so the movie comes to Stockton. It's a Wednesday. He takes me out of kindergarten early. <laughs> we go to the first show of Star Wars in Stockton at the Festival Theater. Wow. There's probably about eight people there. Okay, because nobody knows yet. Nobody, yeah, no, right. You know, and it it's wasn't like, like it wasn't. You know, like we all like to look back at the picture of the uh, Grumman's Chinese Theater at mm-hmm. the time. And it just shows, you know, all these guys in bell bottoms and leisure suits. Lines of people. Yeah. Lines of women with feathered hair like Farrah Fawcett Majors and shit like that. But, you know, it was it was a little bit of a sell for the rest of middle America, yeah. I think. And right. and where we live here in Northern California is a bit middle American, or at least it was back then. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. I interrupted you, Chris. So, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> comes on the screen. I'm blown away. I read the... I was a good reader. I was reading since I was three years old. So, oh, I had wow. no, so I had no problem with the scroll. The oh. first ship goes over. My jaw the just dropped. The Tantive Four. You know, then the Star Destroyer comes over, and I hide under my seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm scared, and my dad is threatening me to get back in my seat and watch this movie. Damn it, Chris. <laughs> you know, saying he'll There's take... no crying in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> saying he'll take away my Star Wars shirt, which was my favorite shirt. Padme already. would tell you otherwise, Even before Josh. seeing the movie, it was my favorite short right, shirt. Right, right. he was going to take it away from me if I didn't watch the movie, so I got back in the so seat you, and then just... You space cowboyed up and, and got back in your seat <laughs> at that point. Oh, right, man. one... Yeah. And then it was, you know, then it was just, you know, two hours of... Visiting other worlds. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. And, you know, and I've been obsessed ever since. And anyways, I lost track how many times my dad took me to see Star Wars. I lost track around 20 times. Okay. You know? <laughs> and even there was one time we went to the to the drive-in theater and we were watching Smokey and the Bandit. Right? <laughs> Star Wars was on another screen. Okay. And so when it came time for the Death Star battle... My dad said, come on, Chris, let's go. And he took me out of the car, and we walked over <laughs> to, <laughs> to the other screen. And the thing is, though, there were about 20 other people from other movies that had done the same thing. No <laughs> shit. Got, got out of their cars just to watch the end 
of Star Wars. Uh, that's the you have just described the very different definition of the term cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Yep. Right there. I mean, the fact that okay, we're all here. We've all seen Star Wars already. We're here to see. I mean, Burt Reynolds at the height of his of his mustachioed power. Yes. Sally Field, who is a young ingenue at that point, uh, and the the late great uh, shit. Jackie I told you, Gleason. Jackie Gleason. Yes. The f- is wrong with me? I did it. I did it. So I lectured everybody that this was a PG-13 <laughs> podcast, that we were not going to use the F-bomb, and, and I'm the one that used the F-bomb. That's fantastic. I'm going to barbecue w- your ass in my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shiza. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to, and that's awesome, Chris. I mean, that that story, I didn't have those kind of stories. I didn't have a nerd pusher. Um, my dad, you know, he played football. He went to Vietnam. He was a tough guy. But uh, so I, my first experience with Star Wars was actually before the movie also, just like you had the T-shirt. I had the Merv Griffin show. <laughs> Does anybody? Oh, wait, that, that was they would have uh, interviewed them, right? They were interviewing them, and there was this young kid. And I don't know. I mean, I'd come home from from school. Uh, my mom was a housewife at the time. Merv Griffin was on in the afternoon usually when I got home. And uh, there's Merv Griffin. We have this. Uh, we have this this young star who's going to be in a very very big movie. Ooh, he's going to be big. He's going to be big. <laughs> His name is Mr. Mark Hamill. Come on out, Mark. And Mark Hamill came out, and there's polite applause there. Yay. Mark and then, uh, Mark, tell us about this movie. Oh, it's great. There's going to be spaceships and lasers and bad guys and armor, and then you shoot the bad guy. I mean, he was effusive. That's I mean, I don't remember the so exact... He was, so he was Mark Hamill from day one, basically. He was Mark Hamill... Super, super fan. Super, super fan. Imagine if one of us, when we were 19 years old or 20 years old, and we had a chance to be Luke Skywalker, (laughs) okay, or Princess Leia or Han Solo, we got to be one of the triad, right? So he was just all over it. And he was, he had the big, his hair kind of looked like Farrah Fawcett Majors also. He now did. that I think he about had it. Big feather going across. Just, just, this was pre Corvette summer, Mark Hamill. Yeah. And, um, so he was talking, well, tell you what, let's let's go to a clip. And they went to a clip of him and Han going into the gunwell of the Falcon and uh, shooting uh, down the type shooting down, up, down in space. Yeah. Okay, but but <laughs> right. let's be honest, there's up and down in George Lucas's version <laughs> yes. of space. Neil deGrasse Tyson would probably tell you that. They're they're just blowing these TIE fighters away. And I'm I remember. For some reason, my dad was home, and normally he wasn't home during the week. He was probably taking a day to do something around the house. And I was like, Dad, Dad, I need to see this movie. Okay, okay, just calm down. I'll, uh, you know, I'll talk to your mother about it. No, Dad, I have to see this movie. <laughs> I have to see this movie. Now, I was a kid. I was watching Super Friends already. I was getting into comic books. So... I browbeat my father into letting me go see Star Wars, and he brought my brat. Dad, 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 dad. All right, shut up, Jim. I'll take you to go see Star Wars, but I'm taking your little brother too. No! (laughs) You know what? I love my brother to death. We're inseparable as adults. He's the best guy, but we didn't want... we We were a true Irish Catholic family where, you know, got up every Sunday, you know, went to Mass, 
come home and the two brothers would just go beating the shit <laughs> out of each other. But but Steve and I are, are like, you know, I'm putting my fingers together like this. So anyway, no, even in German, it's still cussing. It's still cussing, but I'm 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 hoping that the dumbing down of America works in my favor right now. So <laughs> anyway, so my first experience with Star Wars was on the Merv Griffin show of all places. That's beautiful. And then we went to see the movie and I got tunnel vision. It was like Star Wars had become a kind of virtual reality for me where the only sensory experience I was having was what was being shown to me on the movie, in the movie screen. And then Star Wars eventually made its way to TV. I think it was on like NBC or CBS. This was back in the days when they would cut movies like hell Mm -hmm. to fit commercial breaks in. And it was like a special event and... It was over three hours long, and I could have sworn the scenes with Big's Dark Lighter was in the original TV broadcast. Uh, our good friend um, uh, Mike and yes. uh, and I were talking about this earlier, and uh, he referred to something called the Mandala effect. Okay, and if you uh, if you haven't heard yep. of this, it's the idea that a shared experience creates almost like a virtual world that is just as accurate as. Uh, you know, a, as the real world, right? And you know, if you are at this moment over forty, listening to this, and saw the original um, Star Wars, I would just like you to think right now and ask yourself: Do you remember seeing the Bigs Darklighter scenes in the Star Wars right. when you saw it in the theater? Because there was a time in my life, I would swear to God, I, a stack <laughs> of Bibles that I saw those scenes, right? That were never in. The released theatrical version. No, it was but never. In, it was never. They in, were in the. I think I they were in the comic. They were they, in the book. They were, and, and maybe and I was, was in a f- children's like picture. Yes, because mm-hmm. I had that, and I remember when I got it, I'm like, "This isn't in the movie." I'm like, mm-hmm. "What are we? What is this?" Because it's right. not in the film, and the, I was surprised by it. I think I can actually trace to uh, to where to why we all remember this because I'll bet every single one of us saw the behind the scenes special they had on yes. CBS. Yeah. Now you're, you're this you're you're hitting and came, came out like it, it, I think it came out that wi- that uh, that winter and it was like you know th- there's a name for it I can't but it it, it was, was not the Christmas special oh, no God, this no. is before the Christmas special <laughs> no it was just it like was, the making of Star Wars it was the yeah. making of Star Wars but they showed these scenes and I think what happened was we all just took those scenes burned them into our brains and then just placed them in the movie where <laughs> you're probably right. To be. right because I have since seen those scenes and they don't make any sense to me whatsoever no, you know <laughs> I, they were kind of crappy yeah they're very crappy although the one where Luke is looking up and watching the Tanta V4 being engaged by the Star Destroyer I mm. thought was really yeah, cool, was cool for yeah. its time I you know, being able to barely make out a space battle through the blue atmosphere, I thought mm-hmm. was really kind of neat. Yeah, um, yeah, that just that blows me away to this to this day that I could swear Big Star Glider was in the the TV version of the movie, but no, it was. You're, I'm sure you're absolutely right. Yeah. God damn it! So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the the, the brain. That's the way the brain works. Yep. And if. And, you know what, if, and we if, know where it goes because it was in the comics, mm-hmm. right? Right. So and we know, so we know it where, it, where, it, yeah. where it belongs in the narrative. Yes. Mm-hmm. And once we saw it, we just are, you know, because memories are tricky things. Yes. Um, you know, like the, the more, actually, the more times you remember a specific thing, the more you alter it. Yep. You're probably right. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, and I think um, if, you, if you have these same memories, 
uh, make a comment. I, you know, it's like like send, you know t- like um, uh, send a text uh, uh, or um, uh, so so just to kind of let me throw it out there because yeah. I didn't do it at the beginning of the podcast. This is going to be part of the graphic content podcast feed. So Holonet HQ is sort of the left arm to graphic content's right arm. So you can uh, hit us up at graphic podcast, text us or tweet us. That's what the kids call it. Yes. It's the tweets. So you can tweet us. The Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. The kids like the Twitter. Why am I talking like I'm that guy from Saturday Night Live? Anyway, <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at Graphic Podcast. You can also email us in, uh, a ranting email if you want about how much we suck <laughs> at thereal.graphiccontent at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at graphiccontent.podcast. We're all over the internet, and uh, if Adam was here, he'd probably want to slap me right now for forgetting to mention this right up at the top (laughs) of the podcast. So please, by all means, share your memories of how you first got into Star Wars. You know, Then we will read them on subsequent roundtable episodes, so we're looking forward to that. We're also going to be doing a thing in the future of the Holonet Headquarters uh, podcast portion of the graphic content feed. Say that 15 times really quickly. Nope. Nope, not going to do it. So I'm just going to say, tune in to Holonet HQ for three out of four weeks uh, of the month. We are going to share our Star Wars role-playing game actual play, which, John, you're a member of. Mm -hmm. And we have five other players, including my lovely bride, Anne-Marie. Say hi, Anne-Marie. <laughs> I've got her so well trained. I have no idea whether that was picked up on mic or not, but I might try to enhance that. Um, so anyway, she's a player in that, and we've got some other players with us. And I think we've got a really interesting game to share with you guys on that. And uh, if the force is with us, we'll even be able to have sound effects Ooh. in with the role playing. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Speaking about the future, let's now go to 2017. <laughs> 40 years later That's really the worst time machine sound I've ever heard That's why I was, I was trying oh, to imitate He, he the was c- trying to do a TARDIS oh, I had no idea How cute no idea what it was How cute was He's trying like a, to mix the stream Was that like an ATAT with like you know laryngitis I couldn't tell I, cu- I can't do a TARDIS I can't I can do a lot of things I cannot do that You I know That's not a It was a bad human make It was I, Well <laughs> That's a compliment. Yeah, I made an true. inhuman sound, so <laughs> fantastic. So let's travel forward in time. Maybe I'll cut that whole bit out. <laughs> I said, <laughs> again. That's the third time I said, <laughs> there's the fourth time. <laughs> oh, I'm up to seven. Anyway. God, you're like, you're like Cartman in that movie. <laughs> 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 that we've warped your friend. God until damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, But here's the point I'm trying to make. So here we are in 2017. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're all in our 40s now at this point. So we're people of a certain age. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, we're people that use euphemisms to cover the fact that that we're... we're 
fucking old. We would like to hear from young Star Wars fans as well. If you're out there, hit us up at Graphic Podcast. Actually, yes. Has Gary told you the story about the guy at Bevmo? <laughs> no. So in Bevmo. With so his, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> the is place where Gary procures to, uh, his whiskey. Yes. <laughs> his, his just... favorite place to get whiskey. He's wearing his Star Wars shirt. Okay. The guy comes up. He's like, "Oh, you, you like Star Wars?" He's like, "Yeah." They start talking a little bit of Star Wars. Uh-huh. The guy's like, "Well, you know, I like the original trilogy. Trilogy, not a big fan." of the new ones. Uh-huh. And Gary's Wait like, oh, okay. It. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, I hated that, you know, hand solo guy. And Gary's like, uh, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And he's wait. like, original children, like wait. Anakin oh. and, and Padme. Jim- and Gary's like, that's not. <laughs> and actually oh, what Gary said was. Jim, can you add in a sound effect <laughs> of a scratching record? Because I saw, <laughs> I saw this coming about 10 miles away and I'm just waiting for I've it got to my, I've got my hands on the table right now and I'm bracing for impact. You know, there is a, another great Star Wars. I mean, this is truly one of the great Star Wars podcasts and Gary's a fan of Force Center as I am. He is, yes. And. Force Center's hosts use this term that they're prequelists. And what that means is they don't they don't disavow the prequels. They don't necessarily like the prequels. Right. But we like the era and we like what George was trying to do. And technologically, they were masterpieces, technologically speaking. But without the prequels, we wouldn't have had the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars cartoon is curated by Mr. Dave Filoni was a work of art that took place in the prequel territory, the a, prequel a time true frame. Star Wars epic. Yes. Too bad they weren't able to truly close out the Clone Wars, or at least, you know, put it right at the end, yeah, or right at to, to right. the beginning right. of, that was, of... That was the plan. That was the plan, yeah. and they did not get that opportunity. Well, I mean, it, what you can do, though, is, uh, if you want, is you can... Um, available on YouTube are the original Clone Wars cartoons that they did. The one that Tartarovsky did. Just Yeah, just, just prior to, um, to episode three. And what you can do, and I know that two... Key moments in that. Yes. One of them is uh, when Anakin uh, goes on his um, his Jedi trials, and that's where he gets his first facial scar. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, there there's some really excellent suggestions about Darth Vader and the darkness that he's that will eventually consume Anakin. Yep. Um, so, like, you can watch like half of that. You also meet Ventress for the first time and see how she got um, uh, hooked up with the Count Dooku. So, you can watch the first half of that. Can I also say we got to see Mace Windu fight an entire battalion of battle droids? I was going to get to. Oh, no, the, that was like one of the first episodes. One of the first episodes yeah. was Mace Windu never drew his lightsaber and defeated. Never spoke. Never spoke. And defeated an entire battalion of B one Roger Roger power droids <laughs> or battle droids, yes. and that uh, that what two three minutes mm-hmm. was flipping amazing. Yeah, I didn't say. F- <laughs> <laughs> so you can watch the first half of that, and then watch Clone Wars, and then when you you're finished with season five, I think yes. it's just the thirteen episodes. What they season, call the lost episodes the lost that episodes. aired on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, watch that, and then watch the second half because that takes you from the kidnapping of the um, uh, Sir, uh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine, uh, of Chancellor Palpatine, yep. um, up to the battle above um, uh, above um, Coruscant. Coruscant. Yes, the Battle of Coruscant. 
mm-hmm. oh, as yeah, they the, call it. Yeah, yes, at, at the capital B Battle of Coruscant. Right. Um, and yeah, and so so you do actually you, you can have a, a satisfactory ending to the um, the Clone Wars series if you do a little digging on True. Uh, on YouTube. Unfortunately, Pablo Hidalgo said that of everything that has been made canon, that the Tartarovsky Clone Wars series is not canon. I don't care. It bre- I like it. It breaks my heart. As a guy who's really into the new canon, though, I wish it was part of the canon because there's some cool shit in there. I don't understand why it wouldn't be. There's nothing in it that counteracts anything except that it closes It closes up loopholes. That's true. It ends things. So it's the ending of the Clone Wars. That's a great point. And, and you know, I think it was Hidalgo himself who said, in truth, in Legends, there is some truth. So... There. Well, they do have they do have Revis holding a lightsaber with his foot. Yeah, that was. (laughs) But okay, but oh, I can't defend that one. (laughs) I just can't do it. You know, the whole reason why I wanted to bring us forward in time is not really to talk to talk about the prequels. Although I'm glad we got a chance to talk Clone Wars. I want to do a deep dive in a future episode, future roundtable episode about the Clone Wars. But we have all recently seen the trailer to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes. yes. We have all seen it. So I'm going to start in reverse order, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. And let's do some bullshit speculation <laughs> about this as well. This is the internet. That's this what is it's the, for. That's, yeah. I mean, look, we are here to start rumors <laughs> and, gross, and do nothing but and grossly speculate. And about, hopefully fist fights. And yeah, let's inspire some fist fights over Star Wars. So, Chris, how are you going to piss me off? All right. So, <laughs> cool things about the trailer. Yes. What a small detail is it's the first time we've ever seen paper in the Star Wars universe. Oh, because Because wow. it's always Ooh. been screens and holograms. And yeah. now we have these old books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was kind of cool. And also, I want to talk about Luke's dialogue in the trailer. That's okay. Time for the Jedi Can I just talk about, talk about the books for a second? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think, because they, they referenced that book, which had, like, the Jedi starburst symbol yeah. that looks like the lightsaber, but it's, like, sort of a star also with right. the wings on either yeah. side. Do you think that's the Journal of the Wills? No. You don't think that's the Journal of the Wills? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see the Journal of the Wills. Damn it! On screen, I, I don't see the Journal of the Wills because I want to know what the fuck that book is. Damn it! I said it again. I want to know what that book is about. Anyway, well, I think well the journal. Well, just go on a tangent. The Journal of the Wills is basically the Lucas version of Tolkien's Red Book of Westmarch. Oh, you know, oh. it's kind of like what he translated the story of Star Wars from. Okay, you know, kind of like how how Tolkien had this conceit that he's translating these tales of Middle Earth. Okay. from this volume, the Red Book of Westmarch, and. The Journal of the Will serves the same literary purpose oh. as kind of like an authoritative source I see. Of, of the saga that he obtained somehow. So, so, so we've just seen, we're seeing like chapters of this book in right. like each one of these, these episodes. Oh. Exactly so right. Lucas is the only one with this book. Because it's we, in his brain. <laughs> no, no, there has to be a book because I need to find a way to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to get off. So uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Mr. Skywalker or Master right. Skywalker. Right. He has, you know, he has this dialogue in the trailer, yeah. and it seems very grim. Yeah. You know, like the one thing I've learned is that the Jedi have to end. 
But the thing is, though, Luke Skywalker had dialogue in the Force Awakens first trailer, <laughs> that, <Yeah>. and he <laughs> didn't say shit in the movie. So I do not think that, that line actually... son of a bitch owed me a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think the line actually appears in the movie. I think it's just trailer hype. Oh. They, they, they have actually um, gone on record as saying that they really don't care if the stuff that's in the trailer shows up in the movie. Because the, 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 the stuff in the, the trailer is there to get people in the theaters. It's called a teaser for a reason. Yeah. yeah. It's and supposed to give you the, like, tease me, I want to go, I want to go. I so, mean, we yeah. all thought Jin and the rest of Force Rogue was uh, just playing on the beach there towards the end of the movie, <laughs> exactly. right? So, and, and um, uh, oh, uh, what's her name? The very short uh, Yoda-like alien in... Um, Maz Kanata. Yeah, Maz Kanata was going to give uh, Leia the lightsaber. That was right. The yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the scene you saw of yeah. Leia taking the lightsaber. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So they do like to... With us just yeah. a little bit. Right? Well, I think things change in editing. I just said <laughs> like that 15 times in this podcast. You haven't said it once. <laughs> I have no mission discipline. I'm, I'm staying on target, though. So. Stay on target. Yeah. And, 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 and what Chris just said is right because things do change in editing. Right. Um, they I, sure do because I won't say that word <laughs> in the final version of this podcast. No, you you got to beep. I mean, that's the, the, the rhythm of the things is just too good. Just beep yeah. it out. But, um, uh, JJ even said that he originally wanted Moss to be uh, at the um, the rebel ba- uh, or excuse me the resistance base. Yes, and he when you know when he was figuring it out, it was just like, oh wait, she's going to show up, she's going to give Leia the lightsaber, and then she's going to have nothing to do. Yeah, and he didn't want her to just sit there with nothing to do, which I think is. Uh, one thing very respectful of the character. Yes. You know, it's like she's there, she does this thing, and then there's this huge firefight and she disappears. Is she alive? Is she dead? Is she going to show up in the next movie? I don't know. And these are mysteries that will make us very interested in, yeah. in that character. Yeah. I don't think you waste a talent like Lupita Nyongo uh, just to bring her in for 10 minutes of a movie. Yeah. I, I think that we're going to see more of her. Rachel, what did you think of the, uh, the Last Jedi trailer? Well, I love the trailer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I wanted more John Boyega. I was yeah. so really disappointed that there was one shot of him comatose. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. I, mean, it's I, think, like they, I think we see his back yeah, maybe, in another scene. Yeah, but really, you, uh, he was such a big part of the first one, right. too. To, it he felt was the, like he was the first person that we saw in the original trailer. Right, I mean, right, right. He was our first he was, new he character. He pops up and he does that. <sighs> yeah, that look. And so I was disappointed you didn't see as much of him. But yeah. but it looked amazing. I find it interesting. Like here, he's saying this voiceover about the Chris. Jedi must die, yeah. and and you know they have to end, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then we see him training her. Right. So like Chris said. It may just be they're screwing with us, right? That they were they're like the Jedi must end, but he wouldn't be training her if he actually felt that way. Like, why give her the why show her those things? Why give her that training if you want it to stop? And well, are you asking me, or is that more of a rhetorical question? Because I might have an answer. I I have an answer. Go for it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Actually, um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say two words, and I'm going to kick it over to Chris. I'm going to say gray. Jedi. Oh, you that don't exist. Stabbed me in my heart. <laughs> Did I steal your thunder? Oh no! I hate the term gray Jedi. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Uh, gray Jedi are not a thing. They're not oh, a okay. thing. They don't know. <laughs> 
You know what there is in the middle? I am Bendu. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you don't know because you haven't watched Rebels yet. So, <laughs> I, 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 no, but seriously, John, your thoughts on The Last Jedi trailer? Well, I mean, I think, I, um, uh, I think that idea of the Jedi ending, and this is something I've heard people talking about, is that, you know, the, the Jedi Order as it was is over. Yes. And if you look at it, well, yeah, there's one, there is the last Jedi. There is no more order left to the Jedi Order. The plural of Jedi is also Jedi. Very yep. true, very true. So you could have, both of them could be the last Jedi. Um, but I think um, I think what we're going to see is the beginning of something new because just from a structural point of view, they're going to have uh, episode nine and then they're not going to have any more episodes. The story of Sky, the Skywalker family will be over. Well, and well. I, I th- this this is what it, this is the things that I've heard. Okay, and, and so yeah. you know, and based on that, I think you know, starting a new series, you know, following the, the you know the the galaxy into the future, it's a great idea. Yeah, but you know what, it 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 doesn't have to be about Skywalkers. It doesn't have to be. No, you're right. I, I think that they they can definitely you know Kathy Kennedy is is doing a smashing job as the head of Lucasfilm right now, they're putting together... Pro- I mean, obviously, I'm buying enough Star Wars stuff. I'm looking at you, animatronic Yoda, on top of my <laughs> wine refrigerator. Um, I've got plenty of Star Wars shit to prove that and an insatiable appetite for six-inch Black Series figures. Although, you know, I, they're, I think they're probably going to visit that after they wrap nine and figure out what's the, what's the way forward. Um, I hope the way forward is actually to look back personally because I want Knights of the Old Republic. Oh my God! I want Knights of the Old Republic so bad. I want to see, I want to see the Sith Empire. I want to see how how an order of warrior monks with laser swords beat an empire. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's like sending the Shaolin Empire, the Shaolin Empire. It's like sending the Shaolin Order to defeat Genghis Khan and the whole nation of Mongolia. I mean, it's just madness. If yeah. you think about it in those terms, I would love to see a story like that. I also want an Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff film more than I can ever say um, because Ewan McGregor was the best damn thing about the prequels and deserves much better material. <laughs> so, Can we do it while he's still young enough to kick ass? I mean... He would be approaching the age where he's starting to gray a little bit, so I think it's perfect that the time the time is ripe. The yeah. time is ripe. He said he'd do it. Well, D twenty three is right around the corner, so you know, hopefully they'll announce something. Fingers crossed. I will tell you that my thoughts on the Last Jedi was this: is that we get more, we get more planets, we get to see Octo, the the planet that Luke Skywalker has been meditating on is where the planet that the Jedi were founded? Mm-hmm. What? You know what I mean? Well, it's the first temple. Doesn't the first temple. Well, yeah, you figure that's, that must be where the order started. Maybe. But, yeah. Maybe. You know, for, for that, you know, for who knows? Um, I want to see Octo. I want to see that desert planet where there are those airspeeders that are trolling the, des- tro- uh, trolling the desert. You know, kicking up that red mineral. Um, We're going to be introduced to a new character played by Kelly Marie Tran uh, by the name of Rose. Hey, there are more normal names in Star Wars. (laughs) Who who thought of who thought of that? You know, Um, so you know, she's on the cover of Vanity Fair. The first, the first 
person of Asian descent on the cover of Vanity Fair. Nice. Really? It took him really? So wow. Yeah. Nice That's going. No, hey. Good good, good going, you know, good going uh, Star Wars. Kind of embarrassing Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah, kind of. There's plenty of beautiful people of Asian descent. But the fact of the matter is, uh, it doesn't matter. I think Annie Leibovitz could make me look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You are beautiful to me, Jim. Oh, God well, bless you, Chris. <laughs> let's let's go out for a malted later. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to see all these great new places. You know, we're going to see what the what the resistance fleet looks like. You know, we're going to see new capital ships. New yeah. capital ships. We're going to see new technology. We're going to see Captain Phasma. Be badass. They are really selling the shit out of Phasma. She she has to step up. They have they have to have her. I mean, obviously she's a very impressive and imposing figure. She is six foot four. Yeah. You know. But she they they have to gi- they have to give her like uh, something like, to do. This they got to give her a set piece. Yeah. Did you see that Pike? They have her pose on the cover of Vanity Vanity Fair with. I have not. It's she amazing. has a a Pike. Like a pointy st- a staff a pointy with a stick. St- <laughs> <laughs> They're making the store trip. The first order has lost all their money. They're sending them to the front with pointy sticks. We'll have the hunt beaten, <laughs> beaten within the day. Uh, no. Well, you gotta think losing Starkiller base probably was really expensive. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That, I think it was a setback, but I am looking for for more mystery. You know, I want to, you know, sort of using, you know, bring it back to what you were saying about the books, Chris. I want to turn the page on the mystery of Snoke. I don't necessarily need to learn all about him in episode eight. They can save some some tasty flavor for episode nine. Yeah. But I want to know, is he or is he not the evil that Palpatine was talking to in the unknown regions in the pages of the Aftermath novels? That's what I want to know because... Yeah. That was what Palpatine was doing with this observatory station that he had buried on Jakku, hmm. is that he was broadcasting to some dark, malevolent thing in the unknown regions. <laughs> it could be Cthulhu also, <laughs> for all we know. Well, Snoke so, could be Cthulhu. I mean, I mean like Snoke, or he's at least tainted in some way. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I actually thought of, like, just, well, um, you, uh, when Chris was talking about Starkiller Base and the loss of it, and... Um, Starkiller Base was the, uh, this is the theme in Lucas's work, is that technology fails. Technology does not win. It's, it's will, it's, it's the force that is the thing that, that gives you victory right. in Star Wars. Right. And I think we're going to see that in, in uh, Episode Eight, where, like, I mean, like the, just the title, The Last Jedi. The, the Jedi and the Force are going to be much more... Uh, of of uh, you know of a power you know the force has awakened right and now the force is what is going to move the you know the war forward right and we're going to see a lot more, we're going to see a lot more of that well and they spoke to that in the aftermath novels I mean the whole idea behind the first order is they've taken um, Palpatine's idea of stealing force sensitive babies to just taking babies in general and raising them from birth to be officers or stormtroopers or, I don't know, landing field officers, you know, which is, <laughs> which is why it took 20 years for them to, to rebuild. They right. needed to, to, to they build an army, right. They built an army inside of a generation. Are they going to show us some of that? So I'm looking forward to all the new mythology that we're going to be exposed to. 
Um, you know, I'm looking forward to all the new characters. I want more creatures. They're going to a casino planet, which is like the Monte Carlo of space. Um, we get to meet this vice admiral that um, uh, Laura Dern is playing, who looks like she's a background player, a punk rock version of Downton Abbey. Um, <laughs> she has purple hair in a Downton Abbey type gown. You is know, she, it, is she um, first order or no? Resistance? She's a resistance officer. Excellent. Who is apparently on this planet called, um, oh, uh, Canto Bite is the name of the place, which sounds awful Clive Barkery to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> nom, nom, nom. so uh, I am just looking forward to more teases from the, and I want them to, to continue teasing us. I don't need them to make a trailer like 47 meters down where they told me the entire story yeah. inside yeah. of two and a half minutes. You know, we get to see don't the girls get back on the boat and the shark just barely misses her by that much. Thank you. I don't need to go see that movie now. <laughs> I just want to see lightsaber fights. I want to see Jedi flipping, you know, like Dave used to say, flipty. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see that kind of stuff go on. I want to see Luke Skywalker throw down in, yes. his full, in his yes. full range of power. Uh, seriously, you know? I want to see him ignite the green blade, but I want to see it in the movie. Like I don't mind if he handles it and like if he if he if you know he's just about to slide the lever or press the button on the lightsaber, but they save it and right. tease it out. Right. But to see that green energy ignite one more time would be so dope. <laughs> <laughs> so um look, you know, guys, uh we've been at this for a little while. Um, let me tell you what the plan is. So again, the plan is is that we're gonna be broadcasting Star Wars actual play episodes. For two or three weeks at a time, we record... Well, John, we play role-playing games for about four or five hours once a month. Yeah. So we should be able to get between two and three episodes out of that. And then the plan is is to, to run one, maybe two roundtables. And it will be with a rotating cast of characters. Um, next month, I am hoping to get with the entire local chapter of Saber Guild and talk to them about how they express their Star Wars fandom, and that is learning to choreograph saber combat fights, lightsaber combat fights. And if you haven't, if you haven't spent any time on, on YouTube watching uh, uh, saber fights, uh, you know when you're done here, uh, first comment that this was awesome, and Please. then. <laughs> Go to YouTube and watch some lightsaber fights because those guys are awesome. Check out check out Saber Guild Strafe Plains Temple or the Golden Gate Knights. Um, then there's another group called Ludo Sport, which is actual martial art sword fighting with lightsabers. So it is about defeating your enemy. That's not what Saber Guild is about. Saber Guild is about costuming. It's about learning fight choreography, stage combat. And I'm really looking forward to talking to them. If there's somebody out there who's involved in Ludo Sport or some other kind of lightsaber or uh, academy, Star Wars costuming like the Mandalorian Mercs or the or the 501st Legion, uh, talk to us. Uh, shoot us a note again at Graphic Podcast on Twitter and on email at thereal.graphiccontent at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see what we can set up to get you on the air here on Holonet headquarters. So I want to go around the table one more time and see if you would like to share what you're doing. Um, you know, are you doing other great nerd stuff? Uh, John, I know that you've written a little something out there. Uh, yes, I will, um, uh, to my dying breath, pimp out uh, Mecha versus Kaiju. 
Uh, go to mechaversuskaiju.com. Uh, it's a science fiction uh, role-playing game of giant robots and giant monsters powered by Fate Core, and it's a ton of fun. It's I, I've played the game, and there's nothing better than making your giant mecha suit and kicking the shit out of evil kaiju. <laughs> so, uh, great there. Rachel, do you have any internet presence that you would like to share, or do you want to just be a shadow? Ooh. Ooh, like no. <laughs> <laughs> Soon we will have Twitter our revenge. <laughs> no. um, you have a Twitter account. It and, is and at Tardis Huvian. Nice. And again, I all I post is geek stuff, so if you don't like the Doctor Who, the Star Wars, the Star Trek, the Supernatural, the Sherlock... I'm not the person you want to follow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a bold statement. Let, let, really me put to you like, let me put to you like this, Rachel. I don't think anybody's going to tune into this podcast <laughs> thinking that we're going to discuss how the Oakland Raiders are going to be great next season. <laughs> no sports ball on this one? No sports ball. Hey, Chris. Oh. It's been great having you in the graphic content studios, or should I say, Holonet headquarters. Ooh. 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 Where can the kids find you online, and, and what do you like okay. to get on the internet about? So what I do is applying Jedi philosophy to your real life. Interesting. Right? So my website is jedipath.academy. Okay. Or you can go to jedipath.org, okay. which is a little easier to type in. I like jedipath.org. Yeah, easy. It's not like Scientology, have- is it? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> You're not gonna I mean, light, I, lock me in a room and make me like lick the floor. <laughs> no, you know, and it's like, and, you know, and there's a thriving Jedi community. I went to okay. Illinois yeah. last summer to meet with Jedi from all over the country. Sweet. And I'm going in August to Santa Barbara to the California Jedi Gathering. Oh nice. wow! So this it's, is actually the it's 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 offline online okay kind of thing. So and just so I understand a little bit, it's it's not so much a religion, but more like a philosophical type. Yeah, I of call thing. it applied philosophy. Okay. So what I mean, I mean, you know the Jedi tenets. I can't. I mean, I've got the Jedi Path book here somewhere. You know, it was it was on special on Amazon, so I bought it. But but. But what is, you know, there there isn't, you know, was it? There's no passion. There oh, is. So, so the Jedi code is the Jedi uh, code. Uh, emotion yet peace. Uh huh. Ignorance yet knowledge. Okay. Passion yet serenity. Mm-hmm. Chaos yet harmony. Death yet the Force. Wow. Nice. Okay. So that's just a little taste, and if you want to get. Um, some more information on that, so go to JediPath.org. Yes. Or JediPath.academy. They're, they're mirrors of the they're same. They're mirrors of the same thing. Whatever you feel, you, just go to JediPath.org. It's fewer letters. <laughs> and uh, you can definitely learn how to apply the Jedi code to your daily life. Right. I think that's cool. I nice. might just do that myself after I click stop on this podcast. So, And then me, you know me. I'm Jim. Jimmers. <laughs> Rachel's like, do you really do you really want to know this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's just I've decided that my whole internet footprint is going to be determined by the amount of M's that I can throw into my name. So on Twitter, I am at Jimmers with three M's. On Instagram, I am at Jimmers with five M's because some bastard took three and four M's away from me first. <laughs> I'm not going to seed 
my jimmers with 5Ms named, no matter how hard Adam Messenger tries to get me to do otherwise. Uh, I'm on Facebook, where I manage the Holonet headquarters page, which will soon become a public endeavor. So if you're on Holonet HQ and don't want to be identified by the government, you might want to jump off now. So that's going to be turned into a public group here pretty soon. And I also manage the, the home base for all things that I do on the internet, and that is Graphic Content Podcast, also found on Facebook. So with that being said, I can't believe I'm afforded the opportunity to say this now, but I'm going to do it anyway. May the false be with you, always. The proceeding was a presentation of the Graphic Content Podcast.